Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast. And today I am over the sun, over the moon, over all planets discovered and not discovered yet, because I am welcoming really my main astrology influence for sure, Deborah Silverman. She's an astrologer to Sting, Jennifer Aniston, and literally thousands of others who is not only an astrologer, but a psychotherapist and spiritual guide. Deborah Silverman is here to bring hope to those experiencing collective pain. With a climate crisis standing in the foreground, she brings her wisdom of the elements and astrology to the table to uncover solutions for our times. She is the author of The Missing Element, Inspiring Compassion for the Human Condition. So good. I love that book so much. Everyone should go out and get a copy. It's just genius. And she's founder of a school that has trained more than 4,000 people in astrology. Deborah is also the host of the I Don't Believe in Astrology podcast. Deborah is madly in love with astrology. And she once was a skeptic, but now she believes in the wisdom of astrology for it's an undeniable, dependable healing bomb for society as we face post-pandemic life and a climate crisis. While there is no one-size-fits-all approach, Deborah has developed a unique psychological spiritual model for astrology as medicine. Welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast. Thank you so much. Well, Deborah, I am just abounding with curiosity and, and really brimming with anticipation to hear the one question I ask all my guests, which is, what does it mean to you to be a modern mystic? Well, that is assuming that I am one. <laughs> I, I made that assumption, but, you know, maybe it's not. And that would be a really, really interesting answer to unpack, too. I don't think when mystics occurred on Earth, they ever called themselves a mystic. It's very non-mystical <laughs> to call yourself a mystic. It's something that is given to you, I would say, from a different source. So am I a modern mystic? I think that you're probably right. If I had to do a label, I would say the level of my relationship with living between worlds. I, I define a mystic as someone who is comfortable coming in and out on the inside, eyes closed, on the outside, eyes open, on the inside of the spiritual world, based on where the planets and stars are on the outside of the rocks, mountains and trees. They they go between those worlds as though they were taking an in and out breath. Like there's no mm. resistance. There's no separation. So a mystic in my definition, <laughs> no one's ever called me a modern mystic. Uh, I'm taking it though. I think you're right. Is that I do live between worlds and I have one foot in and one foot out pretty much all the time. I love that. I love that so much. And there are so many ways that we'll apply that to our conversation for sure. But I too think of it that way is that straddling that straddling of of worlds and I know you're a mother and and then you're a spiritual leader and then you know so many things which we'll dive right into but that straddling is so key in the way of mysticism and astrology is such a beautiful bridge because a bridge really straddles two places right between really all the worlds that live within us and without us so fabulous fabulous answer and really interesting I grew up as a child I'm in a householder of yogis, and I was very blessed that I spent all my summers hanging out in ashram with all sorts of monks and nuns and rabbis and just a real motley crew of spiritual beings. And I remember as a kid, I was very serious about my spirituality and really on a mission. And I would study all these adults around me, even these like, you know, intellectual professors from all over the world who, you know, could speak fluent Sanskrit, even though you don't speak Sanskrit, they can. And one of the common denominational things that I noticed when I was studying all these adults, because, you know, I really wanted to 
go deep on my path and far on my path was how they all paid attention to nature and its rhythms. And they paid attention to the stars and such. So even if they weren't astrologers, which some of them were, but the majority of them weren't, that was one of the common denominational things other than meditation and other than certain specific practices that I really could see, which is what really piqued my interest from a young age in astrology because of that. And also noticing the rhythms, the natural world and the elements. Once I started teaching yoga as a young adult and studying deeply Ayurveda, I would share yoga in the way of the elements. And I'd use the elements as a springboard because Ayurveda is the science of life and the sort of medical aspect of yoga, which I know you know so well, but for our audience. And when I heard the first time you start to speak astrology and use the elements as a launching point, I was like flabbergasted and like, okay, this is the queen of astrology I've been waiting for my whole life. And so you make it so practical, you make it so really relatable and tangible. And to me, being a modern mystic, to me, when I say modern, it's that's it. It's being in the world of modernity and really participating in life fully as a human embodied being. So would you mind talking about how one can really use the elements as a launching point and really maybe even, I feel like, not believe in astrology necessarily, but use your paradigm of the elements to really understand more about themselves, their ego, their personality, their spirit, and their struggles? You're so Libra. All this beautiful words you have, the Pisces, you're a poet. Uh, <laughs> it was beautifully said. And I didn't oh, know so I was a sweet. spiritual leader. That's even funnier. That was another word you used. <laughs> you totally Spiritual. are. <laughs> I guess so. You're, you're, you're enlightening me today. The <laughs> elements, you know, in the Tarot deck, which is a very ancient source of wisdom, and George Bernard Shaw said he would, on a deserted island, want a Bible and a Tarot deck. I thought that was so interesting. Did two he? Yes. The two doorways mm. of profound human nature are shown wow. in both those sources. In the tarot deck, the first card is the fool. Like, you got to be stupid to even come here. This planet is so harsh. It's so mean. It's so unbelievably complicated. It has no instruction manual. And we all come in with batteries and they wear out. Boobs sag and hair falls off the head. And people turn into older people. It's really a strange game. The consistent factor, said the tarot deck, is, yes, you were crazy to jump in. That was the fool. That's the zero card. But the very first card of the deck is the magician. And that is four elements sitting on his desk. So mm -hmm. any of you who are into the tarot, go pick out that card and notice that all magic occurs when you're in relationship to the four elements. And that is my book, The Missing Element, is you take a test on page 45 and you figure out what's your missing element and then you read the book. Knowing that you want to produce magic in this life and there's something that's preventing the full flow of your capacity to be used by spirit. If spirit says to you, I need you to move fast, and that's fire. And you're like, ah, I hate fire. You're like, okay, we won't be using you, will we? If spirit says, I need you to go quiet and meditate, and you're like, I hate being quiet. Okay, we're not going to use you. So all these unemployed humans who are not fulfilling their promise, because without the four elements in tandem, and they have to really work together. You saw that in level one, the very first class when we said enter our school is go learn about your missing element. And once you have the one you don't want to do, and you're doing it, you become available to spirit. And then the magic begins. Amazing. Maybe you could do like a quick little like ring around the rosy element download for everyone to talk Super about the easy. elements. I th and your... I think I've, I've done this a few times, but it doesn't stop me because my Mercury's in Taurus. So I can repeat <laughs> myself ad nauseum. Water <laughs> is the part in all of us that likes quiet. You have this as a soul. Meditate, pray, be alone enter the inner world, value the stillness, value the quality of emotional stability or highly emotional, really vulnerable, lots of anxiety, suffer from depression and wonder what's wrong with you. That's the high road, low road. That's water. It's the compassionate, caring people who wish everybody would go away so they could go inside and be still. Or it's the compassionate human who got so hurt, they've got crispy critter and they turn into water, better known as ice. And they froze. So there's a range in that element. Then we get to air, which is what you've displayed so beautifully. This is the element of wordsmith talking airheads. I forget where I'm going, what my name is. I have to find my list. Where did I put the list? Oh, my God, my purse. I swear to God, I lost it again this week. I did. 
So I'm here. <laughs> Very verbose, very articulate, and cannot make a decision, said the Libra, for the life of me. Like, what do you want to do for dinner? I don't know. What do you want to do? So the indecisive, kind of confused, I don't know what I'm doing here. Astrology fascinates me, but I don't have the attention span to go deep with it. So I superficially say I know astrology, but I don't really. And I spend a lot of time in my life talking on the phone, being on social media, communicating, and getting very confused. Low road, high road. I'm a communicator because I study. I underline. I just found a book I read on the plane and I underlined everything I loved in it. I underline. I repeat. I study. I take the test. I excel at words. I'm a poet. I do not neglect the requirement for me to say to my best friend, are you okay? I over communicate rather than hold back. The low road is I stop talking. I don't want to socialize. People bug me and I'm indecisive and confused. The high road is I have excellent relationships and I really value independent thought. I'm not going to follow. Can't put air in a box. Sneaks out. Don't be telling your no. people what to do. They always say no. Earth. <laughs> Low road. Earth people. Stingy, practical, organized. Should. I'm not doing enough. I need to clean. I need to make sure you're doing it right. I have instructions for you. Where's my supplements? I've got to organize this. And boy, oh boy, I hate when people are late. Eat, eat, eat. Control freaks who organize, never do enough, think they're not good enough, and always suffer from the perfectionist syndrome. So that's the low road. The high road is philanthropy, organization, running a business, being really aware of how to distribute money, how to share. I love earth people. Steady eddies. You go to their house. They take care of you. They feed you. They clean after you. They tell you what time to be there. And they ask you before you get there, what kind of dinner would you like? And then they plan it, prepare it, and clean up after. Come on. Speaking of one of my favorite people. Then comes fire. So low road of earth is stingy, gringy, and complaining all the time. I'm not doing enough. You're not doing enough. I'm not pretty enough. They criticize themselves till morning till night. The high road is the wisdom of the elder who has done enough and feels really content in nature, as you said. It's outside. It's being with the fruits. It's being with the food. It's knowing how to pray over your food. Earth people at their best are very calming. Makes me happy thinking about them. And then fire is the last one. Super energetic, really loud. They love hot yoga. They love getting angry. They love philosophy. They love conspiracy theories. They want to put the music on. They drink. They smoke pot. They eat edibles. They're having a birthday party. This microdosing thing all came out of fire because people's fire flattened. And people were trying to figure out how to get their life force back. So low road of fire is not working out, gaining weight, having a temper, complaining a lot, and funny hairdos. Just had to say that they have a lot of things about the way they look. And then the high road of fire is enthusiastic, inspirational, really funny, blunt and honest on a mission to open up your heart. A really good fire person is very sweet and loving. Mm -hmm. The really bad fire person is they're angry and pissed and they're kicking the dog. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was really, really fabulous. I've never done that before. You're bringing it out of me because you're a poet. I swear. Are you a poet? I'm a closet poet. <laughs> we won't tell. <laughs> I love that. Well, one of the riveting things about your book, your work, and you just share in so many ways now across so many platforms, which I love because you're reaching so many people with your work, is your orientation towards psychology. And I know I mentioned you're a trained psychologist a psychotherapist in your bio. And really, I feel like astrology and psychology are like lovers. And I choose that word really carefully because to me, there's like this incredible penetration that can happen and intimacy that not all subjects and particularly even scientific subjects can commingle in this way. So like there have been so many times where I've had incredible psychological huge revelations due to astrology and i feel like this amazing weaving and this tapestry of psychology and astrology you are truly like the world leader in and so would you mind speaking oh my of god i'm gonna take you with me wherever i go <laughs> making well it's true good. i mean you're i already got you on the i already have you talking so none of this is 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 flattery or anything because i already have you on the podcast there's nothing else i need to do but it's true 
you are such an incredible and really I mean I've been around pounds copious amounts of astrologers my whole life and the way that you elucidate and then practically really offer ways for people to change their lives to up level their psychology through astrology is really at the forefront in, in the astrology lands I feel like and so can you talk about this intersectionality between astrology and psychology is that a word intersectionality it is a word. It says the four planets in Libra, five planets in the that's house of Libra. I mean. <laughs> the wordsmith. That's what I'm talking about. Your chart's a wordsmith. In, okay. Intersectionality. Carl Jung, the original psychiatrist before the word was created, he was, there was no psychology till the 1930s, till Pluto was found. We didn't have a language for the unconscious mind. Surprise. Right. And Amazing. he was quoted to say, psychology will be a dinosaur science until it includes astrology. Mm. like you can't you can't psychology is moving around furniture astrology Mm. is getting underneath the system and getting above the system and asking the question of what is the purpose of a lifetime what is a more important question someone tell me yeah totally I love that about what you said about getting under the furniture and let's get into some nitty gritty. You know, if I had the Dalai Lama here, I would, when I have the Dalai Lama here, because that will happen, I will ask him about meditation techniques and his specifics, right? So you being this, you know, prowess, matrix, goddess, Jedi of astrology, let's get into some specifics. You know, I've mentioned to you before we started I've had, you know, Tara Vogel on, Natalie Levin, some phenomenal astrologers, many of them you've actually trained. And people can go back and listen to those episodes. I can even say them right now. I have a list. I have everything you need to know about astrology. That's episode two, astrology and relationships. Tara did 12 top things to know about your people's chart, which is so fantastic. Astrology and all the things, love, money, mental health, spirituality. That's episode 29. The relationship one was episode 14. I didn't mention that. I have moon medicine, exploring the moon via astrology, psychology, and embodied practices. That's episode 36. What does your sun sign really say about you? Episode 41. That's with me, yours truly. And rise up and meet your rising sign. Episode 43 by me, yours truly. So if you haven't heard all of these episodes, people go back, get your foundation on. However, we have this complete master here. And so let's start high level. I, I want to make a list of all these words. I'm high a spiritual le- teacher. I'm a world-renowned astrologer. I'm a complete master. I like all of them. I'm just, it's new. Well, it's true. So you got to step into that goddess. Okay, and, I'm and, in, and, I'm in. And, and, you know, I mean, you have like all the people coming to you. And, you know, we don't have to list all the famous people and all the people. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it also can mean a lot. And for you, it does mean a lot. So anyway, let's start with Saturn because literally Saturn, let's talk about, please, you know, the influence of where Saturn is in your chart. That would be your house, the flavor, that would be your sign and anything else in the way of elucidating and sharing gems for people. Why didn't because- you do level three? You're such a good astrologer. How come you didn't do level three? I'm reading charts and I'm so busy with my other, th- all my things. Okay, that explains. That was a good answer. Okay, Saturn is the most important planet in astrology in my chart, particularly. It's the point of a yacht. It's opposite my sun. It's opposite my Venus. It trines my moon. It trines my Uranus. It's just like screaming my name. And what does that mean? It means that in this lifetime, I have discipline. So I have a very high regard. And I was just writing about this because it's Sting's birthday in a couple. I spent a year and a half with him, and he has Saturn on his sun. Oh, does he? Yes, and he displayed such respect for Saturn. So it's the this is what it is. I and I thought you were asking two different questions. One is what makes my astrology stand out is that I speak English, so I keep <laughs> trying to bring it down to earth. That's two, true. it relates directly to Saturn because you come to this planet, which by the way is blue. It should be called water, not Earth. I mean, literally. So good. If you look at it from a distance, it's blue. It's not green. Unfortunately, because Saturn and this planet as well is kind of mean, the way that it teaches us is it's like the mean high school principal or the mean dad or the grandpa who said, what'd you do? You're like, oh, God, pissed off. So Saturn has an energetic, but it doesn't have to be that way. 
if you learn about grandpa's ways and you figure out how to take care of that principle and you know what Saturn's asking of you, they won't talk to you like that. You'll sit down with them and have a cigar. You'll be able to dance with Saturn rather than, oh, it's Saturn return at 28 to 30 and 58 to 60. Saturn comes to your house and goes, excuse me, can we talk? Now, you're either prepared because you studied astrology and tell me where your Saturn is. My Saturn is in Cancer in the fifth house. I love that story. Squaring everything? It's square. It's all the things. <laughs> Lots of so things. So what a great example. So here's a being who came in with this very high regard for the mind and the intellect. And yet her life, life lesson, Saturn is the life lesson. Just write this down, you guys. Saturn is your life lesson. First thing you're going to do is identify what element it's in. And we just went through those. So you're getting an astrology class today. In this mm -hmm. case, what we hear is she has Saturn in a water sign, but all of her chart is air, air, air. And so she's got a conflict because air is the head, the, the airhead, the thinker, the talker, the intellectual appetite. And her life lesson is stop Pisces rising, stop Saturn and cancer and feel. She's like, what? Wait, what do you want me to do? It seems like feelings could be so distracting to a Libra. I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be anxious. I'm going to be vulnerable. My family drives me crazy. That imprint didn't go away. That's what it would suggest. So Saturn tells you in this case, her life lesson is her family's imprint on her unconscious and her ability to go process emotionally, not intellectually, which means learning how to cry and learning how to be sad and learning how to admit to your vulnerability rather than your spirituality because spirituality just wants us to skate over all this shit and just everything's perfect makes me nuts the water element which by the way is the first one to go in our ecosystem is the one that goes nah, I, huh, 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 huh. that's the part of us that's a little bit less mature a little bit less conscious and so the dance in this lifetime is read my book figure out where your saturn is and in your case so, Kenny, it's the permission for you to admit that you're human and have a vulnerable side that's mushy. How are you doing at that? I feel like it. I definitely would have loved to have met you like 25 years ago, but but I feel like I'm doing well, for sure. I mean, I've been working very sweetly with it, tenderly lately. Perfect. That's so Libra Pisces. You're so sweet. So she can say that she's done therapy. She's done her emotional body. She uses yoga to open her up. You have to go figure out in your, because my chart, my life lessons fire, which was not very fun. People get mad at me. I have to, such a small personality. You probably noticed. I tell the truth at times when I keep, should keep my mouth shut. I say things that are super blunt. It became a gift as the years, to your point, went by. And I sweetly embraced that my life lessons a little rough. <laughs> when you were speaking, what came to mind is the beautiful concept that I know from yoga, specifically tantric yoga, which is my lineage, which talks about what would you bind yourself so fully to that it actually makes you free. And when you were talking about Saturn, I just heard that like, like, cause I oh, feel like it's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, thank you. It just came because it's just like for so many years when I was young, it's like Saturn, what's your Saturn? You know, like I think a lot of, you know, schools and teachers have that energy about them. And that's what you do. Like you contextualize it, but you don't sugarcoat it. You know, like I love what you say about the high school principal. Like this is real. And and I've heard you say, you know, excuse my expletives, but like I've heard you say Saturn will kick your ass if you don't do it. And I've seen that with my clients in charts I read. Like if they're not like I'll get someone depressed and so often they're not doing their Saturn lesson. And yet you don't sugarcoat it, you make it practical. And yet that's the question, you know, what, because we have to bind ourselves to something. We have to follow some kind of rules, even if they're not societal rules, but they're all, our own internal signposts that are true and authentic to our own soul and life's journey. And so I think that's so beautiful uh, how you talk about Saturn in that way. I'm in love with Saturn. I think what happened was, because I am a sensitive and I do find this planet painful and it makes me want to cry a lot, I had to figure out what was the teaching so I could make it a simple focus, stay on task, and it overrode all my emotional indulgences of sadness. Like, excuse me, you have a job to do, you're on task, fulfill your purpose here, and when you finish, you can smile as you walk away. Mm, love that. So good. Ah. Ah, I have the chills. I love that. 
Well, what about let's talk North Node? Can you share with people? Because I know when I'm reflecting on my own chart and working with people, often when they're coming to me and they're like, my Dharma, you know, a lot of people I feel like are, I can't figure out my Dharma. Dharma is such a, a buzzword or people are tuned into that often. You know, what am I really here to do, et cetera, et cetera. I, I feel like I have some kind of hidden something and I don't know what it is. I feel like that can be a very helpful place to look at one start. So can you give me your Dharma download on uh, North Node and what that is in your mind's eye and how that can be worked with? It's a secret. I feel like you're looking in the drawers of astrology. The North Node is <laughs> not so really relevant until you start to study because it doesn't show up as a personality trait. Like the sun is your ego and the moon is your emotions and Mercury is your mind and Saturn's your life lessons and he's coming to get you. North Node's not coming to get you. North Node's in the back room going, oh, did you wake up to astrology? Come right here with me. You get to come to the special little room. And in that room is the secret <laughs> sauce, the secret, like a little formula that if you want to get enlightened a lot quicker or you want to go on the spiritual path with full commitment, take the street. And we usually resist it because opposite our North Node is the indicator of our past life where we got really comfortable. And so that South Node is, is tempting because Wherever your south node is, and you guys, it's called true node on your chart. If you go look at astro.com and you look at your chart, you'll see they look like a little headset, like, like just like what I, we're wearing, literally like a headset. There'll be one in your north node, and that will describe where you're headed for. And there'll be one that you cannot see that's implied. That's your south node that tells us, oh, ha, ha, that's where you go when no one's looking. It's a comfort land. So the north node is tricky because until you speak our lingo, and many of you listen to this flirt with astrology. They, there's so many people, they tell me, oh, my Mercury's in my Mars and it's in my 11th and 13th house. I'm like, okay, honey, right. you, <laughs> so true. You kind of, you, you're kind of talking astrology to like a person that I always feel self-conscious. I'm like, it's like talking to a doctor about some, you know, I think right. I have a cold. And then he goes, no, this is a bacteriaism. Like what, you know, uh, so be careful when you start to pretend, you know, astrology, because it is an ancient, the oldest science on earth. And its invitation mm. is to help you. I loved your word. It's to help you towards freedom. What is freedom? Freedom. Free, I get to be absolutely allowed to admit that I'm dumb. <laughs> I can admit that I don't know. I can be kid-like. I can feel absolutely uninhibited to say I'm dumb. Because everyone, Einstein said it the best. The more I know, the more I know I don't know. Right. So, so what is freedom? What is wisdom? Wiz, I'm a wizard, and half of me is dumb. Wisdom. So why can't we start accepting? And if you're a young astrologer, go look for your north node. Unpack what it's asking you to do. Look at your Saturn, because you don't have to worry about that one. That one's coming to get you anyway. Like you couldn't, you couldn't avoid your Saturn if you tried. And then last but not least, I hope you're going to ask, this one is the rising sign. Yeah. So these are the three in my system. When I teach astrology, which I'm so proud of you, you've taken. These are the three indicators. Now, you don't have to go delve into all three of them. What's currently going on in your life right now? Like if I knew what was happening for you in your life, I would say, oh, your Pisces rising is calling your name or, oh, your Saturn and cancer just pushed you up against the wall. It's not all at the same time. Mm. And the challenge with astrology is why the way I teach it especially in level three, when you get ready to be an astrologer, is you let your client lead you into their life. Do not give them so much intellectual information that they finish the reading. They're like, I got a headache. Yeah. Ooh, you don't want to talk all day. So, so I, shouldn't, I shouldn't really say that because look at us, Gemini, Libra. <laughs> but I, I am going to get outside, I promise. <laughs> Well, it's word, it's word medicine, you know, that's what I, I think of it as. And you offer it so beautifully. And what you said, I love how you, you talked about, you know, when you're even looking at your own chart, because I know that I've had periods where that's happened, where like, I'll get so deep, or I'll learn something, and then I get like, so interested. But then it's like, my head starts to explode, because like, I'm thinking of all the parts at once. And like you said, which is so helpful as humans and our limited mind, if we can break things down in simpler pieces and then even unpack and look at the pieces one at a time, you know? So if you're listening to this podcast and your head's exploding, like, oh my God, my North Node Saturn, this, that, 
you know, maybe take start with one piece of what Deborah is offering and study Saturn Listen, for a little here's bit. Here's the deal. If I were you guys, I'd go get the missing element and just dive into the elements. If I am 45 years in private practice and it is never every single day of my whole life. I, my attention is first and foremost in the four elements. Yeah, that's how that's why I fell in love with you and your work, because I was already oriented towards that. And I think of it, I just think and live in my whole life in elements. And I'm always thinking about the elements. And then, of course, you know, Western science has, quote unquote, proven what so many ancient traditions have known forever since time immemorial, that we are made of these elements. This is not like an out there, woo woo, esoteric, you, you know, can't live hypothesis. We you right, can't we're, live without air. You can't live without earth. You can't live without fire. Totally. Totally. And they're in us and of us. And like you said, we have to be in relationship and dialogue with them all the time to exist. So it's so beautiful. And then the astrology, which most of our listeners will know, the different planets are associated with different elements. And that's a way you can start to find your way through the labyrinth of astrology by starting with the elements and then that just jump off from where you left start with the elements what is the element my saturn is in where's my north node as in what sign that's really important your north you, node you emphasize your... the sign i do when you said i'd never heard anyone say this or teach this your north node is like your superhero power i feel like you said and that was like just i mean i was like naturally high for like three months Thinking about the North Node in that way. And yeah. where's your North Node? It's in Sagittarius. Lucky you. <laughs> well, I have lots of other challenging parts of my chart, but that's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> well, that's why you're doing this podcast. Yeah, I think so. A philosophical teacher who wants to wake people up without limitations. She thinks she's funny and she tickles people with her new wisdom. <laughs> From your lips to, to God and goddesses' ears. <laughs> but, you know, it's beautiful to think about that because I'll think about, okay, when, you know, with my work different times, and this is like a concrete example that hopefully will serve others listening. It's like, okay, if I'm thinking of a touchstone for where I'm going, because I'm in my 40s now, and that's another key point of North Node, right? That it's more, do you find like a little bit after your first out of return and more into the kind of it middle age time you your whole life it stalks you it your does. whole life it's it, yeah and it's there in your childhood it's just that listen to you you spent your whole childhood look, listening to elders you're so sagittarius so obvious it's stalking you the whole time it's not an age appropriate the north note it is consciousness once okay. you become aware of it because it's been there since you were a kid think about it mm. how, how what your appetite for spirituality has been since you were little yeah that's such a good point. No, it's it's mine personally is like ravenous. And that's really interesting. It's ravenous. North Node is ravenous if you aim for it, guys. So I want to highlight that this is why we study astrology. This is 100% why we have a school that opens only twice a year. It will happen again in January. And people get enlightened. I watch them come into level one. And at the end of the very first class, to your point, on the four elements, they, oh, I didn't know I was missing fire as she got up and put on lipstick and put some high heels on. Oh, I didn't know I was missing earth as she cleaned her room and did the corners and under the bed. Like if you don't take care of the practical translation of this modern mystic, if you don't yes. take care of your modern mystic and do it back at the ranch and bridge yourself fully into this world, Saturn's not going to give you a good review. You're not going to learn about your North node. You won't know about the elements and you'll be wondering why. Your next lifetime was so hard and this was so hard. You mm. can make this place easy. Life gets super sweet when I pray, follow the elements, and learned about my North Node, Saturn, and Rising sign. You've really succinctly, I'm impressed. Well, well, it's it's really so beautiful what you said because as you said, and this is what to me in my mind, the encapsulation is with my podcast name modern mystic like the modern is taking care of your i say your chit and your shit like chit is a is a word in sanskrit that means your consciousness your awareness and your awareness of being a human embodied and how do you align with that in the most skillful way and ha and part of that is discovering who you really are you know we're each here 
with these unique karmas and unique talents and unique challenges. And if we don't do that kind of deep interfacing work, then the spirituality is just a moot point. You'll never really be effective and you'll never really evolve, I think, in my mind. And so I love what you said about... And so, yeah, think about it. Think about the people you know in your life who you really feel bad for. Like somehow they got stuck. They couldn't get outside of themselves. They're in a small world. They look like they're grumpy. They've got physical symptoms. That's sad. And that's directly mm-hmm. what you just said, too. That's a, that's a lifetime where they didn't pay attention to the cues. Pay attention to the cues. Yes. Yes. That is fabulous. Your quips. You, you have like little sutras. Yeah. They're yeah. so good. So, so when here's a here's a cue. So I just had the last two weeks, really the last two months, some physical symptoms. My progressed moon mm. entered Virgo for the first time in 30 years, and it called its attention onto my health. Well, I had no idea because I have so much energy that I was a crazy person until my body was like, sit down. I was like, is everybody screaming? Sit down. I was like, oh, wow. So I did. And I'm on a retreat right now where I've given myself, I heard the cue. I got the symptom. I prayed. I brought in literally four unbelievable people that helped me that were healers. Today, the symptoms all gone. I woke up this morning, but I'm Hmm. not, not going to listen to what the instruction was. I got the cue. I got the music changed. I heard it change. I didn't like that it changed. And then I sat down and listened to the new music. Mm. Mm. First of all, I'm so sorry that you had a cue that was more challenging, but I'm so happy that you're, you're feeling better and have integrated the cues because this universe, right? Part of being a mystic is realizing that this universe is speaking to us all of the time. It's the director that is giving us those cues. So I love that you called it the cues because the universe speaks in signs and symbols and through our bodies and through our own voices that we have in our heads that are in alignment. I just love that that sharing. Thank you for sharing with such authenticity. And I'm wondering if you could, because you really are so wise and, and everyone can feel that now. And you're speaking of the body and you're speaking of, you know, the, you said it the th- 30 years ago, your progress moon was in Virgo and now it's in Virgo again. And, and the progress moon phases, which are essentially, I mean, you're the, you're the goddess and the expert, but essentially our moon goes through a certain energy almost like a how would every you say two, i think of every two and a half years every, every your sunglasses it's like oh, i love that your sunglasses right in front of your sun everything stays the same your chart but the color changes and you have to pay attention when it changes or else it will get mad at you yeah and it's huge like that's that's been huge for me like i'm in a capricorn progress moon and when it started to come i started to feel it like a month or two before and I was like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz, and that tornado is coming for my water, air, and then my moons and Aries fire. And I was like, oh my God, goddess. And it is, it's no joke, but because I know, okay, it's Capricorn and it feels hard for me, but I'm going to do the lessons of Earth and I'm going to do the lessons and put the time in. You know, it, it's, you know, slowly as Capricorn Corps does, but reaping fruit. So it is so I'm so wi- proud of you. I'm, you're just a very ambitious soul. Well, again, I've And learned- that's a sign. Anyone that's got a deep, secret, funny, because this is sad, you know, a deep, secret, funny bone that says, this is just a joke. Don't get discouraged. Keep going and make sure it's fun or we're not going to be able to stay around here. And you were like, okay, I'm going to go down there. Serious fun. <laughs> That is so true. Well, and that's something that that I wanted to ask you. So it's perfect. And you're you're totally psychic and downloading what what is in my heart to have you share with our audience that would be of such great benefit is you are this wisdom keeper. And you are, you know, I've heard you say recently, which cracks me up because you're so adorable. You have a picture of yourself in a bathing suit. You're gorgeous. You're hot. And you call yourself an elder, which I love that you're gorgeous and hot and you know, continuing to age and evolve and yet celebrating your gorgeousness and and all the things, including your ailments, as life's years are coming, as they do for all of us and march on. So would you mind first, I guess, sharing about your 
idea of how extreme play and wit and humor and fun go hand in hand with seriousness and evolution on one spiritual path because you are such a quintessential example of the two side by side walking and really every elder I've experienced and even not elders because I've experienced people who are quote unquote realized and amazing beings when they were even you know younger they held that same seemingly yin yang and you hold that so beautifully so you could you speak to that another very well painted picture you know, I've always wished somebody your age would say to me, how come I didn't age? Because I'm headed towards 70. And I know that it doesn't appear that way. Um, it does not. Right. Girl, and I, look at you. And I say, say the whole thing. The whole thing is what you just said. I have a funny bone. I have Sagittarius in my chart. So there is this place where I tickle myself, especially when things are <laughs> miserable. And that's weird. But that's Sagittarius. When things get miserable, I get funny. Er. And so it keeps me realized in the same, in the way of self-realization, because you have to say to this yourself, listen, we come down to this gorgeous planet and we spend a short, long dream that you can't really remember. Like try to remember your past life. Oh, that's right. You can't remember it. What'd you dream last night? Oh, that's right. You can't remember it. We have a very short memory that's built in. I did have a short memory of my dream. It's gone already. The question is, if youthfulness and joy is the medicine that lets this movie be a celebratory wisdom collector, because that's every wisdom collector knows Jupiter, Sagittarius rules wisdom. You must tickle yourself, make fun of yourself, keep your observer on, find reason to see that you're just a silly little human who's both slightly remedial and very advanced, better known as wisdom, and be <laughs> unselfconscious, unselfconscious about saying like, I watch myself make mistakes, and to tell the honest truth, some part of me celebrates when my heart gets broken, when someone rejects me, when I reject them, when I make a mistake, I say to myself, oh, wow, we are in the highest level of learning right now. I hate this part of the story, and yet, my wisdom tells me, when the hardship begins, the lessons are in process. That is truly riveting. And to be able to say that, for people really to take what you just said in, to be able to cultivate presence so that yeah. when those really excruciating times in life come up, you can hold the space of, it's hard, I hate it, and have a temper tantrum, and hold the space of watching it noticing I'm it learning and so realizing that right your soul this is the soul's deepest growth that's what I, that's what i've been telling myself the whole capricorn progress mood <laughs> my soul is growing so much i remind myself right and it's painful but if we can practice remembering that it's just such a wise gem you offered everyone it's because it's true in the soil of pain wisdom is grown mm. that is very 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 it's unfortunate i think it's really unfortunate if i when we get home and they're not going to let me in but when i get to the front desk because they're going to see me coming and go don't even let her talk i'm going to say to them (laughs) listen this thing about pain being the doorway to growth what about a memo there's some of us that would (laughs) we would take the memo we would read it we would resist i mean if they would have said to me my best friend told me this the other day because i said god they slowed me down she said i tried and then we kind of had a little crying session. I said, I, I apologized to her. I said, I'm so sorry that I wasn't listening. So yeah. they knocked me down. But come on. If it was a memo and it had God's name on it, goddess's handwriting, you don't think I'd listen? Right. It's so true. It's so true. And that beautiful reminder to, in my mind that God speaks to everyone and everything. And so it becomes like the practices of what things do you do in your day-to-day life, like studying the elements that are in your book, like doing the rituals that remind me to listen to the people around me and the signs around me so that I don't get my ass kicked. A better question than I asked this when I was in graduate school, getting my master's in clinical psychology, I literally remember... It was my turn to answer the question, why are you taking graduate school? 
everyone in the room was going to become a psychotherapist. And I said, why do we know what's good for us and we don't do it? Mm-hmm. Somebody explain it to me. Somebody help me understand that we would have to use, like, makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a profound, really, really profound question and, and, and something that I think we all face, right? And the remembrance, I think, and not to like Pollyanna it, but I'm just laughing because like I practice physical yoga and my youngest son is now, he just turned 12 ah, and he does gymnastics and he watches me practice, you know, the physical asanas and it's pretty much every day. And he said to me not long ago, something about how he stretches, but like he doesn't, his mind doesn't really want to stretch at all. And and he, you know, he's at an age at 11 where he could, he could really watch the inner workings of his mind. And I was so happy he shared with me and I was on my mat and I said, Oh, well, sweetheart, I, I think, and I thought about, it, and I was like, yeah, like 99.7% of the time, every time I go to do yoga, I think oh, I don't really want to do something. You know, I, I don't really Every time, you know, and then I notice my mind because I've done, you know, practices and meditation. And I say, oh, it's not funny. My mind always does that. It thinks it hates yoga. And then, of course, not one time have I ever done physical yoga that I ever said afterwards. God, I wish I hadn't done that every time. And he looked (laughs) and he was like, really? Your mind thinks that, you know, because he's watching mom and he thought, oh, I'm just like Snow White running to my yoga mat every day, you know, but like. You know, the kids, I love everyone. That story so much. You just helped me. There's so few yogis that admit that. Oh my God. I no. have moon in Aries like you do. So I have a tremendous amount of, you have a full moon in Aries. It's a little different. Wait, so does everything square your Saturn? Every, like a lot squares. What would, and everything see, in your mind. Here, can I just say, this is so important. For all of you people that don't know astrology, this is what your my school will teach you. That is the sign of an initiate. When you have a T-square like that, when you have a lot of red lines, when there's fire and water conflicted in your chart, one side wants to cry, one side wants to leave the room, one side wants to talk about it, one side wants you to shut up. When you have that crazy noise factory in your head, that's the sign of an initiate. What is an initiate? An initiate is a soul who incarnates that says, in this lifetime, I will make use. Hello, Saturn. I will make use of the physical plane to facilitate the evolution not only of my soul but of the collective species because I will only incarnate into this physical reality because I'm in love with my family, with my kids, with the dog, with the plants, with the trees, with the stars. If you're not in love, you go get some therapy because you're supposed to be in love with this place. Mm, Yeah, I love that so much. A lover. Oh, my God. Look at you. I, yeah, like, I feel like it's a beautiful litmus test. And you said it so, you're, again, you're so, your quips and your wit and your wisdom. Quip, quip, quip. <laughs> you have a 12-year-old and you look 12 years old. That's totally confusing. How did that happen? Because like you, it's like, you know, well, a couple of things I want to say. One, I think it's like you, the Aries moon that I've learned to, I, ha- I have to be in my body. And when I am in my body, which I'm, you know, I feel like I spend my entire life, you know, trying to get back into my physical practices and body because that makes me so happy, you know, body, you know, being in my physical body and then, you know, studying my spirituality and then being in love with all my people. Like you, you know. I just heard Libra. I just heard Aries, and I just heard Cancer. I I love it. So funny. But like you, it's like for someone else, it looks differently. But it's you know, Rumi said, respond to every call that excites your your spirit. And it's like to me, it's like how many moments of love can I be in my life? How many moments of love and excitement can I steep myself in? When I'm not in those moments, then it's like how do I freaking align myself towards those moments and sometimes I'm strong arming them and then other times it's the antithesis I gotta surrender let go and it's often one or the how other how many kids do you have three I think you're the coolest person where do you live Philadelphia but I just want to say your expression this podcast and I'm the first time you've been on a zoom I mean on a what's it called video you have just gotten I score all my podcasts you're getting a very high score Oh my goodness. 
Well, thank you. I know we, I mean, the audience doesn't know, but we tried to get on because Mercury's in retrograde. So of course it took us a half an hour to do what usually takes 15 seconds. <laughs> and then finally, and it was your precipitation that you were like, let's get on Zoom. I never do Zoom. I never film anything because I've just always wanted it to be more about the auditory and not be about the physical and the, the, and the glamorous and all that. But this is such a beautiful initiation. So you're an We're initiator. We're never going to forget this interview. You're an initiator. I will never forget it. And I was wondering if you would be so kind to just share a benediction or a blessing or anything that's in your heart that might start to punctuate our really, really magnificent and auspicious time together, please. So take the deepest breath you've taken today and hold it at the top. And now breathe out love. Pretend you just filled up the whole room with love. It's been waiting for you. It's been looking for you. It's been sneaking up on you when you didn't see it. And now, another deep breath. Sweet love just filled up your space. It's filling up your cells. It's filling up the room. It's filling up your house. It's filling up your town. May you all remember, as you transcend out of the physical plane into the mystic realm, your soul is in love with you. She's been following you around since the beginning of time. And as you get the permission to stop and breathe and align, the mental body can be put in its seat. Imagine there's a chair to the left of you and you put your brain in that seat and say, excuse me, this is my moment to remind myself of the love of my soul from me to it, from it to me. I have entered into the realm of love. Let this become a practice, a daily practice, an hourly practice, moment to moment. All there is is love. You're it. And your soul is madly in love with you. And so it is. Aho. Hmm. Aho. Ah, your soul is madly in love with you. Your soul is madly in love with you. Your soul is madly <laughs> in love with you. Is that, I am makes so happy. Is that, legal? is that legal to say something that makes people so naturally high? <laughs> I don't know, but it made me want to cry. Oh, so, so poignant and so profound because truly we are what we are seeking. And that's such a It's hard. It's, listen, you guys, it took me this long to get here. And it's a daily practice and it always brings tears to my eyes and we'll have more lifetimes to get this right. You may as well fall in love now. Mm. Mm. It's so much easier, so much easier than Tinder and so much easier. Than... <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, your client and friend Sting said about you, and I think everyone in our audience you know, knows him as the rock star and Yogi, but he calls you a remarkable talent and true friend. And I think he really nailed your quintessential nature and certainly my experience of your work and, and you today. My good friend Deborah has a remarkable talent, the ability to see the world the way you yourself see it, as if with your own eyes. And the important thing is this, she reminds you what fun it is to be you, the singular, freakish, awkward you. And she always reminds you of your potential and your gifts and the gifts to the world and your place in it. And so I think everyone in this conversation just felt what he... Let's hear it for Sting, the Libra, who has double Libra, it's what the sky is today. Let's hear it for Sting, right? beautiful, beautiful poet and writer and musician and man and being and soul he is yes thing thank you he really really is i'm just encapsulated you, you you so much i don't want to let you go but we have to go so why don't you share with everyone all the ways they can find you so they can stay in touch with you because they're going to feel like simple. i do yeah. they're just going to want to get all the things from you d-e-b-r-a deborah silverman astrology on my website deborah on Instagram, Deborah Silverman Astrology. On Facebook, 
on TikTok. I have 80,000 followers on TikTok. <laughs> Do you? You are amazing. I'm not even on TikTok. I know I should be, but I can't. No, 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 no. It's but... those people. I love TikTok. Anyways, it's a very Gemini thing. Please feel free to come find me. Twice a year, we have a school. The doors open. Next year, I will be working with Hay House and producing a class called Stars and Cards for all beginners who just want to learn about the progressed moon. So it's wow. a shortcut. I am the author of The Missing Element, which you guys can get on Amazon. Or you go to my website, and I will send you a copy of your chart and a signed book. So there's that option. And tell me a story. You would love Tell Me. Do you know about Tell Me a Story? I've heard you. I've heard it, you know, in your marketing and such. It happens Why once don't you tell a month, people? Just, it happened, you would be amazing in it. It happens once a month with 10 people and they, they follow the elements. It's a class. It's only for two weeks. There's no homework. There's no astrology. It's just you telling your story from the point of view of the elements. And it's the richest, deepest mm. thing I do. So that's, that's T-M-A-S.co. Tell me a story. T-M-A-S.co. If any of you, I'd love for you to be in there. I'm going to invite you. <laughs> it sounds amazing. Well, Deborah okay. is so generously offering my Mystic Monthly members, not one, not two, but three gifts for you all. So it's so incredible. You'll get a detailed progress moon guide. Well, you'll learn about the phases of the progress moon. And as Deborah talked about, it's like a lens, a sunglass lens, right? Over your moon right now. And it's a cycle that happens every two and a half years. So you're in one right now. So learn about that. You'll also get an astrology compatibility guide and also a meet the planets training. So thank wow, you so much. Wow. It's incredible. I've had, I've never had a guest offer three things. So it's so abundant. And those, thi- and those things can really, really change your life. Like, honestly, that's crazy. Amazing. So, so thankful. And, and really, it's what allows this podcast to keep going. My monthly member. So if you're a monthly member, thank you so much. You are so appreciated. <laughs> Join her. She's so good. Your Thanks. interview skills are out. Well, that's not Libra. Johnny Carson was a double Libra. They are the best questioners. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, Libra is the best one. That's my podcast. I The people that I interviewed on the I Don't Believe in Astrology podcast, two of them, one was a scientist called Clee Irwin, and another was the spaceship guy called Dr. Stephen Greer, and they both said they never had an interview like that. But it's because I do what you do. I like really get to know them before I start. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, so key. It's that the connection and, and then like you, which you're such a master of, it's that it's really deep listening. Deborah, thank you so much for your really oh, years. That was the longest, funnest, unbelievable. We did a long, that's, I don't usually do, I don't know how long that was, but I don't usually do more than 45 minutes. So wow. I, I don't know. I just want to say thank you. Deborah, thank you so much for your, years of study and your years of working with people and your incredible download of wisdom that is truly on the cutting edge. And I feel like really pushing the collective forward and you've just inspired so many, including me. So thank you for that. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground inform and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path if you like what you heard please be sure to rate review and follow the show on apple podcasts spotify or whichever podcast platform you use it is so appreciated also check out my website modernmystic.love where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, 
in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.